I lied. I'm, I'm not giving you a three, two, one. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> uh, anyway, bootstraps boots is in the chat. Hey, we finally have somebody in the bootstraps chat. Boots. It's not just like screaming slurs or something. Anyway, <laughs> uh, some time. We'll scream some slurs. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait. That's when you know you're famous or popular, right? Or at least a little bit interesting. It's like people run into your chat uh, during uh, during a sermon and start screaming the F word. It's, you know, it's good you're stuff. You're only famous based on the number of haters you have. I think that's at least partially true, right? <laughs> anyway, uh, it's been a minute. What, like a month? Maybe more? <laughs> it's been a while. Summer's been busy. Yeah, yeah. Me and Bougie, we're, we're busy guys. Adulting is hard, you know the old saying. Uh, welcome back to uh, to Party of Two. This is our third episode and and final episode on on Fuga Melodies of Steel, um, which we will dive right into, and we'll you know probably do like a short story recap since it has been so long. <laughs> um, that and I, I kind of can't upload episode one. <laughs> that, that's all my fault. I messed up with your uh, audio and i don't know how to fix it so i don't know if i can never fix that we'll do that until then i'm just gonna wing it <laughs> episode one never happened it's okay yeah it's fine episode one never no happens remembers the pilot yeah that's that's true that's 100 percent true i think especially with all the other podcasts i listen to and stuff you go back and listen to like the first episode the audio is always horrible like Half the time, something terrible is going wrong. There's buzzing in the background. It's just something terrible. It, just like there probably is right now. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyway, um, typically before we get into the game, we uh, like to talk about the things we have been playing. Um, so, Bougie, what you been playing, man? I have been playing a lot of Street Fighter Six. I... Uh splurged a little bit, bought myself an arcade stick, so I kind of feel like I'm back in the arcade, but I'm getting old, man. My my reflexes and you know response time isn't what it used to be, so gotta retrain the body and the mind and things like that and try and figure out how I'm gonna outsmart these fast whipper snappers out here, you know? But uh messed up custom characters. <laughs> I uh, dived into Diablo 4 for a good while, probably until Season 1 started. I think that's when a lot of people quit Diablo 4. It's kind of sad that a AAA game like that pretty much died in less than a month almost. But Really? It's, it's on the struggle bus. It's on the struggle bus for sure. So it's not, it's not fun to me right now. So I've kind of put that to the side. But I'll turn it on every now and then and be like, oh, I'll just get like a level or two. But... I definitely didn't go hard on it like I did when it first dropped. Other than that, I think after this ends, I'm going to drop my disc of Divinity Original Sin 2 into my Xbox and start installing that so I can uh, kind of play that. Really, I'm just in chill mode. I'm waiting for Starfield to drop on September 6th. Monster Hunter Now, which is like Monster Hunter meets Pokemon Go. That drops on September 14th, so I'm really happy for that. Uh, the Pokemon Scarlet DLC drops on September 13th, I think, so I'm waiting for that. And then from there, it's City Skylines 2 on October, Star, the Star 
Ocean 2 remake in November. So this has been kind of been my game so far. Just It's that wall, you know, when you just don't have anything you want to play because the one thing you really want to play isn't out yet, so... Yeah, no, I, I definitely can relate to uh, I see every, all of that. I see everyone playing Baldur's Gate 3. Unfortunately, I can't get it because it's not on console. So I think Divinity Original Sin 2 is kind of the the next big thing. I was about to ask you that because you cause you'd mentioned that. It's like, okay, so is this just because you can't get your hands on that right now? or <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, I played Divinity a while ago when it was pretty new and... It never really clicked with me just because I never really understood what was going on. And I could never create the like the perfect character for myself, you know, the one character I wanted to play. So it kind of, I played on my PC and then my PC got old and I just kind of got my Xbox. And I drifted to that and I got it again just because I played it and I just never really played it again. So we're going to give it a take two. So, so this is your, your second foray into trying to get into that game, sounds like. Yeah. But it'll probably die again come September twenty sixth when Starfield or September sixth when Starfield drops. So yeah, fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, I you said you said Street Fighter six, and I just went, oh, I want to play that so bad. <laughs> it looks fun. <laughs> it it just looks like a blast. Like even if you're bad at it, it looks like it'd be just a lot of fun to fool around with. Um, yeah. What about you? What you been playing? Uh, lots and lots of Final Fantasy. <laughs> Like just never-ending Final Fantasy. Like basically, uh, 16 came out. I was super excited for it because the the demo really impressed me and everybody at work, and um, everybody like, like everyone was raving about that demo, and it was pretty good. Like it was, it sold me on the game. It it made me feel better about the direction that game was gonna go in. Um, the game's like. A month old now, so I don't think it's spoilers to say it's just a straight action game, like 100. There, there are uh, fake RPG elements. <laughs> There's numbers on the screen that go higher sometimes, depending on what quote unquote level you are and and like the sword you have equipped and stuff. None of your gear really does anything special, uh, except for like your accessories, which can like lower the cooldown on like super strong moves and stuff, and that's about it. Um, but yeah, if you've played Devil May Cry or God of War, uh, you've pretty much played a variant of this. I think I think with the game... I like how I just jumped into a review of this game. <laughs> um, I do think that the highs are very high and the lows are not super low. So, it, you know, if you haven't played it you can, and you have the opportunity to, it's definitely worth a playthrough. It's a lot of fun. And halfway playing... Halfway through playing that game, I got um, the itch to go back in, to the Pixel Remasters uh, because I'd never beaten 4, 5, or 6. And 1, 2, and 3 are kind of like bonuses to me. It's like, eh, you know, I don't really <laughs> want to beat them. Um, but the more time I spend with these remasters, the more I'm like, ah, you know what? I might give 2 a shot. I might. <laughs> pretty cool. a cool character. That's what I uh, get the, the, the feeling of. It, just like hearing other people talk about it and stuff. The worst thing I hear about that game is the leveling systems, like this weird Skyrim-esque thing where, like, you do something so many times and then you level yeah, up. You don't, you don't have levels. You have, like, weapon skill level, magic right. skill level. So the more time you use something, the, the higher it gets. And that's a bit daunting, but I'm sure 
if need be, I can just look up a walkthrough. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, I haven't had to do that yet. So, well, not really. Outside of just like end game stuff. So I, I did all the extra stuff in four, which was that's a solid game, dude. That that, that game really holds up. I really four is like it. my four is definitely top three for me. I think I'm probably there with you potentially. I don't know. Like I feel like with Final Fantasy, you can almost break it up into like subcategories because like some just really get the gameplay like really good. Some get the story really good, and this one is just like it's just not really anything bad about it. You know, it's just like a super solid game, and it's it's linear enough um, to where you don't really get lost, and yeah, it's 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 just really good, uh, so good. I even went on Steam and got um, the sequel. <laughs> got the after. I was going to ask are you, you any intention on playing the after years. Eventually, I really do want to play it. I was just, um, you know, I was trying to go through four, five, and six, and then I beat five. That okay. is. You know, subcategories here, like I was saying a minute ago. I think for me, that's like top three in gameplay, probably. It's super good. It's so good. I restarted it and did a four job Fiesta run. Oh wow! Yeah, and I'm just kind of like I'm not I'm not speed running it, but like I already know kind of what to do. And it's man, that has really made a lot of the bosses and um, encounters very interesting. Uh, bosses that weren't really hard at, at all in my first playthrough because I had access to most stuff. Now it's like yeah. okay, I got um, I got four blue mages, <laughs> <laughs> or uh, I think by the time I got to yeah, by the time I got to Shiva, which is like a hidden side boss, if you want to use her power, I couldn't beat her. I had four blue mages, and I had I was like I guess I gotta go get my second job. <laughs> wow, um, for five those, and six are the only ones I've never played. Five is super good. Um, the story is where it lacks a bit, but it's it's really good. I, I kind of compare it to 15 if you've ever played 15. Um, okay. It's kind of like more about the journey than the destination, basically. Gotcha. Um, and then, yeah, after this, me and my wife are going to hop on the 6 Pixel Remaster because we're kind of like playing it together. That's like okay. that's like the big one of, of the SNES. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's pretty Rubble. much it. Of all the fans I've spoken to, it's like you either like six or you like seven, and there really isn't room for both. That's so strange. I, I don't know. I don't really like seven, so maybe eventually when I play six, I'll like it. I oh, do. We we could get into a whole discussion about seven, <laughs> right? Like, I, I have I have a lot of thoughts on that game. Not because it's like the best thing ever, but because uh, everyone has this like two brain cell take that it's the best game ever made because when it came out it was just revolutionary you know it's like okay sure now fast forward 20 years and now go back and play that game (laughs) and realize maybe all the mini games aren't that great (laughs) yeah i have a lot to say about seven we could do a whole like four episodes but But, i have to ask though as someone who played seven and someone who's now finished four this is a little spoilery, but whose death impacted you more? Aerith in 7 or Polom and Poram in 4? I mean, should I just go full spoiler here? I mean, the game is super old. Sure, <laughs> sure, whatever. Yes, yeah, so I was very upset when Tella didn't come back to life in 4. <laughs> oh, okay, Tella, okay. Okay. But, but when you see it, you know, in 4, when 
those two twins basically turn into stone to save you from like the Star Wars crushing room scene. And you know, you don't beat the game. Uh, yeah, it's that's pretty crazy. It's like, dang, two kids just killed themselves <laughs> or sort yeah. something like that. You know, <laughs> maybe worse. It might be worse than just killing yourself. I don't know, but <laughs> yeah, I definitely uh, cried when the twins died. Yeah, that was. Uh, I think I was like eleven when I first saw that scene. So that was that was pretty impactful, especially when graphics weren't like they are now. <laughs> Your imagination <laughs> really fills in the blanks with a lot of stuff. It's crazy. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 unless I'm forgetting anything, yeah, that's pretty much it. Just a ton of just so much Final Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I, I think I think I'm gonna start trying to eventually, maybe in a two three weeks. Um, I want to do a Excalibur two run on FF nine. I want to do it on Twitch if I can help it. So Excalibur two I'm for familiar. those. Who, uh, so you, for those of you unfamiliar, uh, <laughs> um, Excalibur Two is one of the character's best weapons, and the only way to get it is to get to the the final dungeon in twelve hours, which I've never cared to attempt because that always seemed ridiculous. Nine's a slower game; like actual speedrunners beat it in around nine plus hours. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm. I think I know that game good enough to where I want to give that a shot for sure. I'd be interested to see that. I'd be interested to try it. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, all right. So, um, that out of the way, some catching up. Um, let's get into it. Uh, Fuga melodies of steel. This is, this is our finale talk on the game. Um, I think it was like five chapters, right? Cause we stopped on seven last, right? Pretty sure. Something like that. Yeah. Seven was a pretty crazy chapter. That was the one with the cat dog villain. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you What do you think about the the last stretch of the game here? I, th- I think this is kind of where the most stuff story wise started happening. It's definitely where they where they drop everything. It's definitely in the climax of the whole game. Um, I I don't know where I stand with it. It's some of the moments were really good. Some of the moments were really cheesy. And then some of them were just bad, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of feel like the game follows your typical anime storyline, almost, where you, you can almost, if you've watched enough anime, you can see things coming a mile away, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like when we defeated that cat dog lady in like chapter four or something, I knew she was going to come back, you know, and lo and behold, she comes back in like chapter eight or something. You, you beat her again, but this time you actually kill her. Kind of saw that coming. I saw the dog dude, I think his name is Brits. Yeah. I saw him betraying us a mile away, you know? So, and then now, the things that really ticked me off was, like, the final boss and the whole, like, I, I, I guess it was the plot twist at the end. It was, like, chapter 11 when you find out that the Vanagran is just basically trying to, like, I don't know if it's revenge or retribution or something, but oh. you've been on this whole journey type of thing 
just so that the Vanagrand can defeat whatever the final, or that's a tenor is, can defeat the Vanagrand, which is like the final boss. So, okay. So, yeah, there's a few things there. Um, you, you dropped a lot of terminology. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, it's fine. So, I mean, well, okay, so from uh, 8 to 12, basically the only important things that really happen are, did you say, and I, I cannot remember her name, uh, the AI chick who's like in the, the Tyrannus. Um, you find out that she 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 has like um like a split personality split deal personality yeah and if you you know if you think back onto earlier chapters you can kind of see it in the way she talks here and there but most of the time she just she's just like the calm collected motherly type character and then here near the end is where the psychopath violent one sort of comes out and uh from what i remember like yeah she she her whole thing was to find the the Tarascus, which is um, General Hax's version of your tank, um, the uh, the literal Carl Young Shadow uh, tank. If you understand that, um, basically you, the the shadow thing, like you see it in um, so many Japanese. It's not even funny. It's just like the light and dark thing. Yeah. So yeah. you have the blue tank they have the red tank and and general hex um there's like one line of dialogue that points to how he got down this path and it was something along the lines of well i read these fairy tales when i was a kid and um it led me (laughs) to want to become a god or something it's, (laughs) it's like a fairy tale in their whole culture society that's been told to children for centuries now and yeah all of a sudden, he wants to see if it's true, and then he finds out it is true. And yes. Yeah, Godzilla is. But that's under the even ground. even that is kind of weird because apparently that whole fairy tale thing was fabricated by the chick inside the the Tanneris. Like she put that whole fairy tale thing together, so that way this whole climactic moment in chapter twelve, this epic battle, would happen. And she could finally, once and for all, destroy that evil soul demon thing. Yeah, I, I think those elements of the story really kind of struggle, though. Um, I think the the themes that they're trying to get across of war and loss and like the things that happen in war, uh, like like the horrors of war um, and how people cope in war. You know, you, you get a lot of that, like when you visit towns and stuff with the the, the comic books that you hear about all the time which i found out by the way uh through a review i watched before this because i just wanted to recap myself a little bit uh you can actually look at those comics i had no idea <laughs> yeah you could i just i always forgot i got them all i just forgot to read them all yeah same i just i, I just thought they were <laughs> flavor i was like okay so there's like this comic book that people like anyway uh, i i do think that all those themes are done pretty well for the most part, it's just when it comes to like the actual, what's actually happening. Like without, you know, if you take the thematic context out, it's just what's happening is kind of generic sometimes. Um, like you said, if you've watched any anime, like, like if you're somewhat familiar with, I don't know, Dragon Ball Z, probably. <laughs> like <laughs> a lot of these tropes, um, character tropes, they they, they do 
seem pretty uh, pretty overused. Some might say. Yeah. Uh, like like that probably one of the best examples being that that girl who comes back for her, the second round and then dies and probably one of the funniest ways ever. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. Wasn't she like escaping from her tank and then it just blew up on her? She, <laughs> it was off screen too. That's the funniest part. She, she, <laughs> she gets out. It says in the dialogue box. That's why it's off screen. She gets out and she's like screaming at you. She's like, ah, you stupid kids. And then it, the tank explodes and she just gets set on fire. Like, what the heck is <laughs> And then um, I think I think Jin was the one who had, had a real issue with her. He's the he's the dog who lost his father to the Burmans. Yeah. And he was like, "Yeah, I served you right." <laughs> yeah. He's, he's like, "Well, I didn't kill her. She killed herself. It's fine. I'm not the bad guy." I love I love how writers get away with crap like that. It's so funny. It's like, okay, well, yeah. It, it's hard to remember that sometimes that these are kids. You know, with just the way that they act, you know, in in moments like that, where you're like, I didn't kill her. You're also, like, supposed to be a 12-year-old boy. <laughs> 12-year-old mechanic. Yeah. Yes, that, that is true. <laughs> that is uh, true. Um, so, yeah, just, like, with a lot of these tropes, um, I do think the game suffers there. I The sequel just came out, so I don't know if that's going to improve or not. Um. And I, I say this as someone, you know, I guess this spoils what I'm going to say later a little bit, but as someone who isn't super fond of this style of game, I'm probably not too interested to find out if it gets much better, just with um, the lack of time I already have to do stuff. But um, I really hesitate to call the game bad. I don't think it's bad. I, th- I think other people will be able to get a lot more out of it than I got out of it because I'm just, I'm not like a visual novel guy. Um, this could be why I haven't beaten Persona yet, even though I do like Persona a good bit, to be fair. Um, it, it seems to have a bit more meat on it than, than this game does. This game's very linear, quite literally on a track, the whole game. <laughs> the whole game. The whole game is Which on I a track. Which I will say, I, I appreciated, I think in chapter 12, that the track was smaller. <laughs> I think it's one of the smallest tracks there is. Because by the time I hit chapter 11, I just finished it. I was, I was like, I am done. I am tapped out. These tracks are just getting longer and longer. You know, I think chapter 10 was like one of the longest ones. And so when they put me in chapter 12, and I already knew I was making my way towards the epic final battle, I was like, please just put me there. And like, that's all I want to do. And I think you only have like four or five battles before you get there. And I, I was appreciative of that. Think um, excuse me. Do, do you think the the game, or that we would have received it a bit better had it been I don't know two or three chapters shorter? I feel like you could have cut some of that out. I think you definitely you definitely could have cut out like some chapters in one through six or whatever where you're just basically gathering party members. Right. You definitely could have cap- cut some of that out. I think I would have enjoyed the game more if it was just more challenging. Um, I'm pretty sure I played it on hard. I think you have normal and hard difficulty at the beginning. So I'm pretty sure I picked hard. Um, 
but even then, once I found my little experience cheat and things like that, just found out how to optimize my time outside of the battles when you're in the Tannerist doing your social thing. Once I found out how to optimize that, it just became super easy to where I wasn't even thinking anymore. It was just, how do I break armor the fastest? How do I delay you? And then just attack, you know? That's interesting. Because um, I sort of had the uh, the opposite experience where uh, every, like, elite enemy or boss was usually kind of a challenge for me. Because I, I don't know, like, I, I just couldn't really figure out the best sequence to go in to, to deal with armor and delay. It sounds like you kind of figured out when it was best to go after one or the other. Um, uh, I don't know why I struggled with that so much. Um, the the game is very uh, very tactical. Um, you you don't you don't play this like you play other RPGs. Like you can't just mash A through it. I think I think I probably said this in a past episode too. Uh, you really do have to kind of think about. What you're doing in that battle, conserving your, uh, specifically your, was it SP, your your mana. Yeah. Because that doesn't uh, replenish unless you get a crate for it in between battles, or, um, actually, I think that's it. I don't think there's another way to replenish it. Yeah. There is. Oh, and, there and is. items, and items. Well, there's Sheena, too, the character. If you have her in the back anytime you attack, depending on your, like, affinity level you gain one to three sp with every attack oh and then her um the joint attack things where both of them attack at the same time i forget what it's called the link attack uh, link the link attack um i think if you have her in the back and you link attack she'll restore like a giant amount of sp okay of that attack so like like i said it became to the point where sheena and the SP girl, and I forget the other girl, um, but the, the motherly Hannah, yeah, those were always in my backline because Hannah restores your HP every time you attack, and her link attack gives you massive HP, and Sheena does the same thing for SP. So they were just always in my backline after okay. a while. After Affinity got to a certain point, they were, but I think at the end I had Bolt and Hannah at uh, max Affinity. And I had Sheena at Max Affinity, I think with Jin. I can't remember who, but that, that was just like my go-to team. Okay. Okay. I think I think maybe my my issue was uh, instead of like hyper focusing on characters, I tried to spread it the the experience out as much as I possibly could. And that might have been why I didn't enjoy the game as much as some other people might, because that Soul Cannon wasn't happening. I wasn't going to use that. <laughs> It never happened for me. It, I made me laugh, I think, in Chapter 11 or something, when you're fighting the big bad for the first time, and yeah. it's like, use the soul cannon. It almost, like, forces you to use it. You know, I was when that happened, I was at, like, three-quarters health and almost full mana. I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't need to use this at all. <laughs> it comes up at weird times sometimes, right? I think it comes up when you're at... 25% or 30% health remaining is when it always pops up. Yeah. That, except, except for that one time where it just pops it on you. I guess it's like a story thing. Um, yeah, there were a few times where I'd just be 
you know, fine. <laughs> and and it's just like, oh no, we, we, we have to use the soul cannon to get out of this. And I'm just <laughs> like, but I could just like heal, you know, it's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, murder children now. You have to <laughs> we, we have to sacrifice a child. It's like, but I don't want to. They're all you know, they're they're characters for a reason, right? I don't want to kill them. But I, I definitely can appreciate with the game, and I would probably say this is one of the finer things that I like, was the ending, um, the overall general storyline, and not the individual characters. Um, because I, I like it when games continue on into their sequels instead of just hitting the reset button and like starting over. Yeah. So that's why like, I like games like Dragon Age so much because it's like you finish Dragon Age one and that carries over into Dragon Age two and so forth, so forth. So seeing like with this storyline, the destruction of like the continent you were on, and I guess I guess we were always on a floating continent, and now it's been destroyed, and there are many floating continents. Um, and then seeing that, like, you know, the big bad kind of looming over everything. And it's like, this is where Fuga 2 will pick up. Yeah. That in itself kind of gives me some motivation to play Fuga 2. But the gameplay and everything, like, there, it, it's lacking for me to where I would probably never pick it up. But if I ever did find someone who played it, I would ask them probably a thousand questions. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you there. Um, I do think the gameplay needs more meat to it somehow like the the battles themselves are pretty decent um i never i don't know like i never really felt like you got tools that made you feel really strong at any point in the game not really outside of the the link stuff and you know if you managed your uh specifically those meters throughout your chapter track well enough um like yeah, those those definitely helped a lot, but that was that was about it. Um, and again, this is coming from a guy who is used to playing uh, games that are structured more like Final Fantasy, where you know you kind of just grind if you need to grind. There, there is no grinding in this game; you just go through it. <laughs> yeah, which probably yeah, I mean that has its own merits, and that's not a bad thing. It's just not like my thing, you know. It's stressful. <laughs> I, I appreciate the fact that I never had to grind. But like I said, once I found out that I could eat and the increase experience and increase affinity basically for a whole track, it, it the game was basically on easy mode at that point, you know. And even at the end of the game, it prompts you to like play New Game Plus, which is harder. You keep all your characters, you keep all your skills, you keep all your upgrades and all that stuff. You know, I thought about it for a second. I was like, well, maybe this is where the challenge is. You know, but at the same time, I was like, I don't want to play it through it again just to feel challenged. Mm-hmm. You know, are you? I don't. I don't really like that when games force you to play again just you know to feel the challenge. And you know, it's like, why couldn't I just get the challenge in the first place? Oh man, you're not gonna like Final Fantasy 16. <laughs> <laughs> that game is so easy. Um, it, it it also has like a like a Final Fantasy mode that you unlock after you beat the game and. I'm on that now. I'm just like, eh, it's just more of the same. They just have more health. But anyway, <laughs> but um, I was going to uh, backpedal a little bit here to something you, you had brought up um, about the floating continents. I, I, I don't 
I don't think they were always a floating continent. I think after the Vanergen, which um, we briefly went over, uh, just the terminology, it's basically like this big Godzilla-sized weapon that us humans made, then we wiped ourselves out, and now it's under the ground, and you wake it up. And anyway, so once that thing woke up and you killed it, uh, the way I read it was it caused some kind of an explosion that created these floating islands, which I, I, I don't know how that works in real life, but cool. Um, <laughs> but that also comes to something I, I found out actually in this, this review I was watching earlier. Uh, this is actually a, a prequel series to... I forget what the actual series is called, but it's part of like the the Tale Concerto series. So, um, man, if you look into CyberConnect 2's history, there's going to be some of these furry games, and they're all part of the same series, and it goes back as far as like the PS1. And uh, that was the first game was Tale Concerto. And it always looked interesting. I never got to play it, though. I never even heard of it. Well, now you have. <laughs> uh, it, it it was kind of like just, uh, from what I could tell anyway, just from the gameplay, it, it was like a maybe a platformer with some RPG stuff in it. Uh, very reminiscent style. And it, it looked like everything was in the sky. Hence, I guess this being a, a prequel to that game, which came out. A long, long time ago. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, again, overall, I think my my opinion of the game is it's 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 not bad. Some stuff could definitely be better. They uh they need to or I guess with the next well it's already out so they don't need to do anything nothing they can do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but they, they they just need to flesh some of this stuff out a, a bit better when it comes to writing and, and character development because like I'll be the first to say it uh, general hacks I think yeah hacks um, that dude didn't have a character he, he was just kind of there and yeah he didn't even really pop up until chapter 11 yeah and I mean, you saw him a couple times he's like oh kids destroyed some tanks yeah you go kill him now and he's got like oh, his he lost you go kill him now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like he's literally just a dog with an eye patch and a and a Nazi suit. That's it. That's his whole character. <laughs> and what you said, he just sent he just six people after kids, and um, yeah, that's it. That's his whole character art. In fact, um, it's it's funny because when I first saw the the first boss, which, uh, which was a uh, General Pretzel. I, I legit did not think we were going to kill that guy. I thought... By, I didn't think so either. Based on the way he was talking, right? Because he, he had some nuance to his dialogue. He's like, oh, well, you know, we're in war. And, you know, it, it's awful. I have to fight kids, but, you know, war is a horrible thing. Like, he, he acknowledges his situation. He's like, okay, so maybe on the... Spoiler alert, if we didn't already talk about it, I'm pretty sure we did. Uh, he does kill you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's some like time travel manipulation stuff in the story that lets you go back and restart. And uh, that's where they show you like the soul cannon and all that stuff. The soul cannon, which I never used, um, which honestly I think is probably another negative thing about the game. I thought it was going to be more interesting, but I just, I never, I felt like the cost of using it was worse than what you gained from it, which is just getting to move on to the next chapter, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and to find out that the soul cannon, even if you use it, all it really does is not let you see that character's ending at the final at the at the final boss. I mean, on top of not being able to use that character ever again, but the the reward is definitely not worth it, you know. Did you uh did you ever use it like in, in the main? I don't think you did, right? Yeah. I never had. I mean, like I said, by the time I got to probably chapter seven, my characters were over leveled. My like my upgrades were, you know, pretty much maxed out. I got to the point where like I couldn't, I literally couldn't upgrade like my weapons anymore because I hadn't advanced far enough in the story to get the items to upgrade. Because the items are are gatekept by wherever you're at in the in the story, so certain items don't unlock until chapter seven, certain don't unlock until chapter ten. So by the time I got to chapter twelve. I think I could only do like one or two more upgrades because the next items that unlocked for me were in New Game Plus. Okay. Do you think the uh, the linearity of this game might hurt it a little bit? No, no. I think I think it keeps it pretty balanced for the most part. Like, I think if it was more of an open concept, like you could grind and then do all that stuff, and I think it would just take away from whatever little bit of challenge there was. Um, and I don't I don't think making it more open will do much for the story or the characters either. Well one thing that kind of came to mind was like like branching paths. You know, we're already on a on a track basically. And I guess much in the way that something like Star Fox, which is a weird comparison, but I think it counts. Um, like that that kind of had like branching levels where if you did certain things, you could uh, go fight like secret bosses and stuff, and that was always really interesting. But it it never got in the way of like what the developers wanted you to experience in that game. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like they could have potentially done something similar here, where like yeah, you still have your your track, but maybe you do certain things or or or, or whatever to um, open up. These, these like secret areas that lead to like you know secret bosses that you could fight to I don't know get upgrades sooner or something you know just like little challenges because that was that's that's always been something in RPGs that uh, has always excited me where it's like okay I'm gonna get all the best weapons <laughs> I'm just gonna <laughs> do it and all the best armor I don't care what it takes if I gotta lose a bunch of times I'll do it it's fine and um, there's not really any of that, uh, to my knowledge, in this game. I guess technically you could count just like upgrading your weapons fully. Technically, but I don't know. I I feel like personally, it sort of was missing some like exploratory element. And I don't really mean like grinding or anything like like you know. I, I get what the game is. I understand what it is. It's a very tightly knit experience. Uh, where the challenges are where they where they want them to be, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, I I totally get that for sure. Um, I guess in that way, the linearity was a little 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 bit too linear for me. But again, that's also me who doesn't typically play stuff like this. So this this has been a very new experience for me outside of again like Star Fox. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was a new experience for me. Um... I've never really played like a 
visual novel type of game. I've always been interested in them. Like I've always kind of wanted to play with that, like Life is Strange or something. You know, that's less RPG and more point and click, but I've always been interested and I, I like a good story. And that's once, you know, I kind of understood that this was a, like a visual novel, whatever. I was kind of hoping that the story would at some point take off and it, it never really felt like it took off. It just kind of felt like a drag for almost seven chapters and then boom, we're going to hit the climax of chapter eight. And then we're just going to kind of end it on a kind of a cliffhanger type of thing. So I think the game lacks in that department. I think people will find enjoyment from it if you're if you're one of those people who like to I guess achieve everything and check boxes and stuff like that, you know, and you don't mind repetition, I think, you know, those people would definitely find enjoyment in the game. I'm not one of those people, you know, like I very rarely watch the same TV show twice. I very rarely once I beat a game, like I'm done and I put it down. Like I never go back to it. So repetition to me is not something that I enjoy. It's part of the reason why I'm not playing Helpful 4 right now, because I just went through that grind, and now you're telling me I have to do it again less than a month later. But I think there's an audience for the game. You know, I think people will enjoy it. Yeah. It's like it's just not for me. You know, and I, I come from a Final Fantasy background too, but I... I've learned to break out into like the divinities and the fire emblems and you know all of that stuff. So I think my RPG background is pretty well first. And from an RPG aspect, this just isn't for me. Yeah. Um I think I echo mostly the same kind of sentiment cuz looking back on it uh uh, just like what people have to say about the game, like people like this game. It's just us. We're the weirdos, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, I, I don't know. Maybe it it could be the way that we went about it as well. Um, I don't know. Like I, I felt like we were playing it. I'll, I'll cut out the wheat. I felt like I was playing it. Um, for the you know for this the show here, which is normally it's, it's never been an issue, so I don't want to count that. I think for me it was just like um, it's it's not. <laughs> again, this is just me because you clearly had a, a fine time with the combat. Um, <laughs> for me, um, a, a lot of the the harder fights were a bit tougher to figure out, and I, I did find myself getting a bit stressed out. Um, and I think maybe that attributed a lot to trying to get to the end of this game. There, there was that like self-doubt, like, man, I'm going to have to use that soul cannon at some point, I think. Uh, but I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. So that was good. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like, I definitely recommend one playthrough of this, I think. I think it's at least worth that. And if nothing else, you'll, you'll find out uh, pretty quickly, maybe in the first half of the game, which doesn't that doesn't take very long actually? It's like you said, the the tracks just get longer and longer, and I think that's kind of where they messed up, if you ask me. Yeah. You had this expectation of how long the tracks were going to be, and you're like, okay, this isn't so bad. And then you sit down with you know, 
I work a ton of overtime and I don't, I don't know what your schedule exactly is like, but I might have one or two hours to sit down on a weekday and play this <laughs> on top yeah. of being tired and having to shower and this, that, and the other. Um, and it's like, okay, this is this is going on for quite some time. <laughs> and I'm sitting here banging my head up against something with five armor. and <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I definitely get longer. And I found myself playing like, okay, I'm just going to play to the next checkpoint. Play to yeah. the next checkpoint. And sometimes just getting from checkpoint to checkpoint would take almost an hour. Yep. And I think in like chapter seven through ten, there's like three or four checkpoints per chapter. You know, it's, it just got super long and super repetitious, super repetitious, you know. Yeah. But I have to ask you, what is your one highlight, your one good takeaway from the game? Um, I think, because there's a few things I could say, but I think the, the best thing I could say about the game is um, it's clearly a, a work of passion. Like, the people who worked on this game cared about it a lot. And you can see that in uh, a lot of the artwork. The music is incredible. I do want to say that. The music is great. Um, and the combat, while I personally am not a huge fan of it, um, it is solid. It is good. There were a few fun fights. Um, I, th- I think they they really did a good job with this game. Um, and a lot of the presentation parts. Some of the writing, again, could have been better, but like the presentation and most of the uh, mechanical stuff was pretty good, I would say. 7 out of 10. <laughs> oh. 7 out of 10. There you is go. Is that a hot take? Or... <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, it's definitely the music. The music, it, it hits me. Like, I, don't, I don't know what it is. But I even added a couple songs to like my Spotify playlist, you know. Um, and every time, like you know, I usually keep my Spotify playlist on random. So anytime they pop up, I get this little amount of joy like down in my belly. Like yes, I almost can kind of remember the first time I heard the song, or you know, the time that it made me made me stop playing the game and just listen to the music, which. Moments like those are the things that I always appreciate, you know, when it's just like, let me just stop playing and listen, you know. Um, so that's probably my best takeaway is the music for sure. I think the combat is solid. I think they jam-packed too many mechanics in there between the link attacks, the hero modes, the armor, the delay, the status of it. There's just, there's just so much jam-packed into it. And I don't think half of it even matters, you know? I think you could deal away with some of it and just maybe kind of incorporate some harder mechanics on the enemy side and you'll be just fine, but, you know. So, yeah, the music is my is my takeaway. I would say uh, I definitely agree about the status effects. I don't think those needed really to be in the game. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're coming up on an hour here. Um Oh, I would probably give it a, a 5 out of 10, by the way. Okay, okay. I mean, fair, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm weird. I, I don't really have, like, a like a mathematical way of doing it. I'm just, I just kind of go, like, eh, you know, I like this, fine. <laughs> I, I would say it's solid enough for someone to check out. Like, if you're curious and you see Fugo on your menu and you're like, I want to see what it is, definitely install it and check it out. Yeah. 
I, I hope we didn't talk too negatively about this game for too long, so if anyone does listen to this, like, half of the episode is just trashing. It's just that the last half of the game is, uh, it's, it's a real slog. Um, it's a real slog to that point. But like, the last half of the game is pretty dang good, and it's just, yeah, it's, get me there sooner. It's the tracks, that's the worst part, <laughs> that's it. Because, like, the, the bit with Brits, honestly, like, even though we saw it coming, like, that was probably one of the more interesting parts of the game. Like you actually had to fight them and stuff. And, and that was cool. Um, the Tarascus while being somewhat of an eye roll moment. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think everybody likes a good shadow link moment. You know, you, you, <laughs> you get to fight your dark Samus or whatever that you see in every other Japanese game ever made. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I definitely don't want to walk away saying it's just trash, and because c- it's not. And if you do want to check it out, um, I'm pretty sure. I don't know because I unsubscribed to save money, but uh, I, I did play this on Xbox Game Pass, and it, it's worth it for that. I mean, are, yeah. should, are they still doing the dollar signups? Like, <laughs> yeah, I think they just had a promotion for that, but it is on the Xbox Game Pass. And I think if you want to buy it outright, I think it's only like 20 or 25 bucks. Yeah, it's not a ton of money. And honestly, it's probably worth that too, if I were to be yeah. honest. Um, especially for folks who <laughs> who don't get so stressed out like I do. <laughs> so, so as an, a fellow person who has limited time to play, how long did it take you to be Do you remember your end time? I don't. Um, yeah, I don't. I think for me, it was around the 14-hour mark. I was thinking it was like under 20. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, and, and that's honestly not terrible. And, um, you know, if you are uh, smarter than me like Bougie, um, you should, <laughs> this might be the kind of thing uh, that you would pick up and kind of play while you're settling down for bed or, or whatever, you know, if you're in our position. Um but again, like like me personally, I just like the thing where I can turn my brain off, which you cannot do in this game. <laughs> and <laughs> and you just you run in circles and kill um, squirrels in Final Fantasy V until all your jobs are mastered, and you go and face roll the boss, the the final boss. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's yeah. I don't know. I I think that's our our final conclusion on the game. Um, it's solid. Definitely give it a, a shot. Like it doesn't. There's, there's no way I can walk away from this saying it's trash, because it's not. Um, and honestly, sure. if, if you like this one, I'm sure the sequel's going to be great, because I did check out like a little bit of gameplay just to kind of see what it was like. Um, and it looks like it gets freaking wild, because they were like fighting like slime aliens or something in a tunnel, in, in like a modern day like um, traffic tunnel. <laughs> I, don't, huh. uh, I was like, okay, so there's a lot of times passed. Cool. Um, they're fighting aliens. That's neat. Well, yeah, I think I think <laughs> the game even tells you that the sequel will kind of take place ten thousand years later. I think that's the time frame. Oh, yeah, I don't remember that. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, like like it. If you like this, you'll probably definitely like that. Um, there was a lot of wild stuff going on with the story and the characters there. It had like this metaphysical being who was, um, I guess, the replacement for the AI. <laughs> It was, it was talking to Malt, uh, so Malt's still in the game, and she, I think all the characters are still in the game, the new one, so that's really cool too. Um, so yeah, definitely check check that out. 
Um, I'd give it a, a thumbs up. And uh, that's kind of a new thing, by the way, that, that we're going to try to implement. Because halfway through this playthrough, we were both kind of like, I don't know, man. <laughs> Is uh, Because we have such limited time, we are going to kind of do like this thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, if something gets two thumbs downs, we're just going to move on, I think. Yeah. So, but speaking about moving on, segue, hey. <laughs> um, uh, we're moving on to... Uh, Oh, someone's offering me uh, free Ooh. free viewers for five cents. Free viewers? Yeah, thanks. Um, but no thanks. <laughs> um, anyway, speaking of moving on, we uh, decided a couple of weeks ago we're going to move on to uh, Star Ocean, First Departure R, which is the remake of the remake of Star Ocean on the SNES. Um, and I'm I'm actually I I like that game a lot <laughs> for a lot of dumb reasons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man! I can't wait to get into it. Oh man, I'll 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 tell you the joke after that. After that, I don't want to spoil it. It's so do I, I got I got to get into that game. Me and my wife were laughing so hard at some of the stuff. It's a good game. It's a I promise. It's just some of the writing that they try to get away with. <laughs> but um, yeah. So so really looking forward to that. Um, so far I'm having fun with the combat and everything. So should be should be a good time. All things considered. In in the Star Ocean, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I don't know how far you are into it. I think I'm a little bit further, maybe. Probably. I started a little bit sooner. Um, I'm, I'm getting to the part where things are starting to come together. You know, one of, one of my favorite things about the Star Ocean series is um, the things that happen out of combat, like skills and things you can get, like the cooking and the yes. drawing and all that stuff. So, I'm starting to starting to dip my toe into that stuff. So my favorite things are coming up. I <laughs> I did notice the combat in this one is a not a lot different than like the second one. I mean, I think everybody knows and loves the second one, Star Ocean. Yeah. Second Saga, I think it's called. I can't remember what it's called. I don't, but it's kind of like one of the biggest PlayStation One games ever. I think it rivals Final Fantasy VII in that department, but. I noticed that fighting aerial enemies in this Star Ocean is very, very hard and frustrating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the characters are fun. Um, they're interesting enough for me to keep playing and stuff like that. Even though I think kind of the main character that you're not necessarily like pigeonholed in playing, Roddick is his name, but I think he's a little airheaded and naive, you know, but. That's one way to put it. He, he, you gotta have someone that is, you know, wide-eyed to the world, you know. So For the player to put their, you know, put their feet into, yeah. yeah. I, I definitely said that wrong, but you get the drift. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm excited to play it. I'm looking forward to it. And and it, and it is one of those games where you can just play it for a little bit and then put it down and then take it back up, and you're pretty much right where you left off. I think the only frustrating thing to me is you don't necessarily always know where to go. And then it's just like, you just happen to stumble into some random area. And it's like, Oh, cutscene. Like, oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's a bit confusing, but I think that's, um, it's because of its age mostly. Yeah. I never played the original one. So I don't, I don't know. 
you know, if some of the features uh, in this game were transferred over, I don't know if they were added to the PSP port, which is um, where First Departure came from. This is literally just that game, but with, like, an HD up-res, from what I can tell, and some, like, extra portraits added to the characters, which, um, you know, not to get too into it, but I, I do I do want to bring this up real quick. Are you using the, the newest portraits, or are you, are you using the, the First Departure portraits? I think I'm using the first departure portraits. Yeah. So, like, really early on, this really struck me. There's a character named uh, Dorn in your first party. He's got, like, spiky blonde hair and, like, a headband. Mm-hmm. Um, if you use the, the newest portraits, he doesn't have spiky blonde hair in that portrait. He has, like, <laughs> he has, like Zidane hair, like, where it like, kind of just goes over the headband and parts. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. That doesn't... He looks nothing like him. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just gonna... I mean, these are pretty and all, but this is breaking like my immersion with this game. I gotta, I gotta do something with this. I'm, I'm glad they give you the option to uh, to choose whatever you want, which is that's nice. Yeah. Among, among not being able to choose uh, any other options, <laughs> from what I can tell. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, um, that's. I think we're gonna call it a show. Um, as always. Uh, this is not a Christian podcast, but we would love to uh, direct your your attention towards the digital church that we're both a part of. Uh, it's called Lux Digital Church. Uh, you can literally just Google it, L-U-X Digital Church, and you can join the Discord. We're also on Twitch um, every Wednesday from uh, 8.30 to roughly 9.30 p.m., depending on how much hijinks are going on in, in chat uh, as well. Uh, if you want to follow me and my antics uh, with game development and whatever else is going on in my life, Final Fantasy V right now, um, you can follow me on Twitter or X as it's called now, <laughs> evidently. Yeah. Um, which I'll ne- I'll never call it. It just doesn't. I can't. I just it it just, it doesn't work in my yeah. head. Anyway, uh, you can follow me on there at uh, Ten Yen Games, and uh, yeah. Every now and then I, I post something, and when work chills out, I'll do some cooler stuff on there. I think. Uh, Bougie, you wanna you wanna plug anything, or do you have anything yet? No. One <laughs> one day I'll get my Twitch stream back up and going. Very cool. Today very cool. is not that day. Yeah, no, I feel that. I really want to get back into streaming, um, but right now I'm on the weekends. I'm. I'm uh, I guess I'll say this too, um, as like a little little bit of promotion for my buddy here. Um, I've been like playtesting this this new version of a game he he made like in 2019. Uh, it's totally different, same game, but like it's it's it might as well be a different game. Uh, and that's been really interesting. Uh, the game's called Y2K, a postmodern RPG, and um, it's it's one of the more interesting experiences out there. <laughs> it's it's. It's very deep, uh, <laughs> but but the combat's really cool. I can't, I literally can't talk about like a whole lot. I can I can talk about I think what they've already shown like in the, and uh, in, in in like their Twitch streams and stuff stuff that everyone's already seen. Uh, one thing that's really cool about this this game, what they're doing, they they've gone from like a Paper Mario style um, battle system where like you had, you know, little mini games pop up every time you do a skill or an attack or whatever. They totally got, got rid of that, and now it's just like a, a typical battle system. You know, you have attack skills, um, you know, just what you would expect. 
but each character, and there's uh, three that you can have in your party. If they die, they get replaced um, if if they're able to. Um, but each character has three slots for cards. And these cards do passive things while they're in your hand. And they also have, like, HP. So anytime uh, a card... Or how do I put this? Like, anytime someone hits a character, it hits, like, the front card. So there's, like, a back-to-front system. And um, eventually it, it will get torn up and, and it'll work it'll work its way to you. And then once all your cards are gone and you get hit, you go into, like, a bleed state. That's when you start losing all your HP and stuff. It's real weird, real interesting. Um, and I guess the last thing is, like, you can, you can decide to go ahead of, um, like, actually just keeping that card uh, in your hand. You can just use it for, like, an extra strong ability towards an enemy or something. So it's it's very different, very interesting. Um, I think once it's out-out, which should be sometime next year, um, I, th- I think people will really find this um, unique. It'll be a cool game. I'm really enjoying what I'm doing so far. So. <laughs> even even nice. with the bugs. Even with the bugs. <laughs> but that's what this is for. <laughs> it's testing that out. But, uh, yeah, no. Um, all right, Bougie. I guess we'll call it there, man. Sound good? Yeah, man. All right. Till next time, and we will be talking all about Star Ocean, First Departure R, Times 2, to the 3rd, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Take it easy, everybody.